Hello, my name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grays in various video games and social media. Welcome to episode 28 of Geektitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Mary Elizabeth Iturilde from Mysterious Galaxy Bookstore in San Diego. How are you doing, Mary Elizabeth? I'm well. Good morning, Joe. Good morning. We're very excited to talk to you about because you have a big event coming up. Indeed. So Mysterious Galaxy is getting ready to celebrate our 23rd birthday. The store opened on May 8, 1993, and so traditionally we celebrate on the Saturday closest to that each year. So this year we are celebrating on May 7th with one of our fabulous all-day events. We'll have lots and lots of spotlight authors and some wonderful books. And uh, usually we have an element where we have gifts for attendees and, um, you know, of course, the most important element, cake. <laughs> very good. Very good. We're going to go into the, the details of that event a little bit later. But first, we want to get to know you a little bit. Um, sure. Go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, so I am a bookseller by inclination as well as profession, um, you know, when it comes to sort of uh, stupid human tricks. If you remember the old uh, David Letterman routine, um, you know, part of what I'm just uh, well inclined to do is to remember who wrote what and uh, titles and all of that. So, um it's a good thing that I work in book selling and not like the stock market or something, because I don't think I do very <laughs> well there. Um, and I just am um, passionate and enthusiastic about uh, books and reading in general and uh, about genre books in specific. Um, Mysterious Galaxies emphasis is on genre fiction, science fiction, fantasy, suspense, other forms of speculative fiction, um, as well as the mystery genre. And uh, while our primary focus is on adult books in those areas, um, we carry them for all ages. Very cool. Very cool. Now, um, you personally, do you have a, a favorite genre? Or what, what areas of kind of geekiness do you kind of cling to? Um, in terms of favorite, I tend to really like um, stories about the impact of people's worlds and environments on them broadly across genres. I read at least a little bit in pretty much all of our genres and subgenres, and um, and uh, I find that that tends to hold true in other media as well, whether it's uh, comics, movies, television, et cetera. Um, and, and I also tend to uh, live in this sort of weird world of time travel where I seldom am current. Um, it's mm-hmm. unusual for me to be current. I'm either playing catch-up um, on something or I'm – ahead because I'm reading review copies and all of that. So, you know, right now the book I'm reading that I'm very much enjoying doesn't come out until June. But on the other hand, um, you know, 
I'm desperate to catch up on the Magicians TV show before I see our son in a couple of weeks, and he scolds me for how far behind I am. So, <laughs> isn't that always the case? There's just so much to consume out there right now. There, there is. You know, we we definitely are are living in an era where um, there's a lot to be passionate about. There's a lot to be enthusiastic about, and uh, and there's something I would think for almost everyone, which is wonderful and delightful. And and I have. Um, I've seldom, if ever, had anything where I'm like, every individual person must like this thing, whatever it is, even something as, you know, uh, culturally significant as, say, Harry Potter or whatever. Um, Because if everybody liked the same thing, I'd be out of the job. And that would not be good. Right, right. (laughs) Well, um, not only that, but it's it's, – that's what makes it fun because you're going to like – overlapping things and you're going to right. be introduced to stuff you didn't know and it's that's kind of the fun of of being able to share what you love with other people. Absolutely. And and the other fun part of it is is getting to do sort of the curation and the detective work and you know, okay, so you like Harry Potter, what was it that you liked about it? Oh, you liked the school structure. Here, let me recommend Lev Grossman's The Magicians or, you know, uh, whatever to to sort of find the the Venn diagram to say this is different but has elements that I think will appeal to you because of what you've shared with me that you like. Yeah, I'm a I'm an English teacher, and uh, I may have told this story on the podcast before. I don't remember, but I had a student a while ago who would not read. He just he didn't want to read. He didn't care about reading, and I was like, all right, well, what do you like? And he he liked soccer. that's what he wanted to do. That's what he consumed his time. Like he wanted to know more about soccer, but he didn't want to read. Like he knew everything about the, the rules and, you know, a lot of the history. He didn't want to read books about soccer. So I went to my local comic book store and I was like, do you have anything, anything on soccer that I can give this kid? And sure enough, he, he had a, a manga series that was all about soccer. And, Nice. That was kind of yeah. So that was kind of my entryway. I'm like, all right, you read a chapter of the book that we're reading in class, and I will give you the next copy of <laughs> of this uh, this manga. And so yeah, you know, people who are running bookstores are so important because you guys are are great at at sharing all the different things that we don't know about, but you know, you kind of introduce us to all this new stuff, and it's such a it's such a cool. Thing that you guys, a service you guys provide that people don't think about. Well, thanks, thanks. I mean, I do think that that um, you know sort of helps keep us relevant. I mean, we discussed earlier the fact that there's so much out there that's possible to consume, and it's so wonderful. But sometimes it can be overwhelming, even with peer reviews. You you can't always necessarily find your way to discern, you know, what might be. Um, the thing that you want to invest your time in. And so that's part of what we hope to do is to say, you know, okay, we've, we've had an opportunity to look at this and we think if, uh, if you want to invest your time in it, that you'll find it worthwhile. Yeah, definitely. Um, are there areas of geek culture that you feel kind of disconnected from that you don't quite know what's going on and kind of step out of the conversation when it happens because you don't feel like you have much to contribute? 
Um, I am really bad at games. Um, I'm, I'm better at board games, although I don't play extensively. Um, I, I've never really been bitten by the uh, trading card game bug, but I, I have some info on it. You know, there, there was a point in my life where I knew the first 152 Pokemon and, and that <laughs> um, but I am dreadful at video gaming and, and I, I'm generally completely lost there. Um, I, I have motion sickness and, uh-huh. and even even things that are relatively simplistic can just overwhelm me easily you know um my my idea of a satisfying video game is you know uh oh and i just lost it oh animal crossing um oh, you know nice. i played that played that for a while when uh when our uh, now college age son was younger and even that you know there were certain things where i was never a good bug catcher and i was never a good fisher but i liked pulling the weeds because the weeds yes. stayed still <laughs> and, <laughs> and i liked i liked the fact that you know the way that you advanced in the game was being a good neighbor so that was good but you know um um uh, my uh my husband and our our uh high school age son are are both very you know skilled and conversant in video games and i'm like oh lego batman's really cute can i watch you play uh-huh <laughs> so. yeah there was a very long time in my life where um my my brother is much better at video games than i am and uh there's a couple of games out there that just kind of lend themselves to just sitting and watching them because they're so beautiful right and, yeah and if somebody knows how to play them you're just kind of like this is a really cool story and i don't have to do any work i can just watch you do the work yes Yes, and uh, and uh, my husband recently played the the most recent Lara Croft, which was fascinating slash upsetting to watch because it'd I be bet. like, oh, that's really neat. That's really, oh my god, the bear! Ah! He died horribly again. But you know, eventually he did not die horribly and and completed it. Very cool. Um, other than Mysterious Galaxy's uh, birthday bash, are you working on any other projects? Any big events coming up? Uh, well, the fact that it's late April means that it's effectively the beginning of my summer season and convention. Um, uh, it just tends to be a really busy time of year. We actually uh, just came off of the Los Angeles Times Festival of Books that we've been a part of for more than 20 years, which was lovely. It's um, it's It's always very satisfying to see, you know, uh, 100,000 people gather in Los Angeles, which is not necessarily known for being a literary town, right? It doesn't have kind of the reputation of, say, New York or San Francisco or some of the other places for embracing books. Um, And so that was fabulous. Uh, We're getting ready to participate in Y'all West which is in its second year, which is a young adult uh, book convention that started on the East Coast and has uh, had such a great reception that they've now expanded it to a West Coast presence. So we're very excited about that. Um, Phoenix Comic Con is coming. I'm doing preparation for that. San Diego Comic Con is going to be upon us before we know it. you know, I uh, 
I believe this will be my 29th year at San Diego. Um, oh, wow. So, so, so it's, uh, it's, it's a big part of my life. And, uh, and so it, things will be very busy with all of that. And then we just have some, uh, you know, above and beyond our regular store events. We're also very fortunate in that um, Clarion Writers Workshop. Uh, had a presence at uh, the University San Diego, um, University of California, San Diego, for a while, and their instructors um, come in and uh, do presentations in the store each week uh, as as they have their six weeks, and uh, we're always looking forward to that, um, including uh, this summer's. Uh, Visitors include Kelly Link, and uh, who just had a Pulitzer Prize nomination, which is delightful. Oh, wow. And, uh, Ted Chang, whose um, uh, book has been adapted for film and is coming out soon. And so it's just always nice to be able to incorporate uh, things like that. We also have um, Justin Cronin on the schedule for the summer with... Um, the third in the passage trilogy we have joe hill coming with the fireman uh which is his uh you know sort of um disastrous apocalyptic people uh being subject to spontaneous combustion thriller with you know certainly uh, a sense of an homage to uh bradbury and fahrenheit 451 so so uh, yeah, it's um, it's constantly a, a busy, busy schedule and a busy calendar, and um, and it's it's awesome. You know, I I was at uh, New York Comic Con uh, last October, and we were actually doing a panel, sort of talking about just um, embracing being able to you know uh, make a living as a geek. And I was like, look, I am here in my Little Mermaid t-shirt and my Little Mermaid shoes, and I have, you know, Hello Kitty bow in my hair, and I am dressed as a professional, and this is awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. You're doing a lot of stuff. I don't, you know, I I think I think we forget that, that bookstores have to really do a lot of events to keep people coming and keep people interested because... You know, it's it's very easy to just kindle off of Amazon. Uh, yeah. That's it. Yeah. I thought we weren't allowed to use bad language in podcasts. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's, okay. it's okay. Um, you know, it's um, it's it's one of the things that we do that they don't, right? Like, like right. you're you're not going. You can get eBooks from us and from a number of other independent booksellers. If e-reading is your preference, um, you can, uh, you know, and and you can come in and you can hang out and you can interact with authors and you can have cake and, uh, you know, you can you can do things that uh, that give allow you to partake of the reading community in a more general sense by by being you know in a bricks and mortar store um certainly our ability to go off-site and to support people um in in the community and other venues 
is is relevant. We actually just had a local elementary school host their own little comics convention, and they were delighted to have us there. Um, that's that's not something that a giant internet bully is is going to be doing. Um, and then you know, there's just the the boring but relevant elements of supporting um, local businesses, not necessarily just booksellers, but you know, um, all of the other types of businesses that uh, that are affected by the giant online uh, retailer, which is you know things like by purchasing in your community, you're helping. Uh, keep money in your community. You know, you're you're voting with your wallet, whether it's voting for things like um, tax dollars for roads and schools and all of that, or whether it's just, you know, injecting money into your community by supporting your local bookseller who can then take their dollars and go buy something at their local game store, and then that game store person can take their money and go buy something you know, at their local hardware store, et cetera. Sorry, yeah. soapbox over. No, no, not at all. No, I think I think it's it's very easy to um, forget what we lose to convenience. And um, as, as I said earlier, you know, you guys aren't just selling books. You you make recommendations, and you really do build a, a community in in your your area. And so, you know, that's something that that people need to be reminded of. Sure, sure. And and at the same time, I will also say that we're very appreciative. Um, you know, I'm not saying we have the smartest and the best customers ever, but we kind of do, because a lot of them do really get this. And, mm. and they also, they not only get it, but they help spread the word on our behalf, you know. Uh, they they will have friends who will be reading or, you know, strangers who they spot on the bus who are reading or whatever, and they're like, oh, wow. So, so I see you're reading Joe Hill's Lock and Key comic. Hey, did you know that he's going to be at Mysterious Galaxy at the end of May? You don't know Mysterious Galaxy? Let me tell you about it. And, uh, and part of my role at Mysterious Galaxy, as well as working on the organizing our events and stuff, is also working on our, um, you know, PR and our outreach. And I used to, I used to get discouraged. People would say, oh. Oh, I I didn't even know you were here, you know, 10 years in or whatever. And I would think, oh, I'm not doing a very good job if if not everybody knows. But but then I realized, no, 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 that's a good thing. Because every new person who learns about us means we haven't saturated the market. There's there's still new people to find us. And uh and and that's part of the other benefit of doing the the community events is it is it also helps with that element of discovery. You know, every time that we do a school or library event or whatever, um, it just gives us that that little extra bit of connectivity in the community. Very cool. Very, very cool. Um, do you have a favorite fandom? Do you have a favorite uh um, so, uh, astonishing, nobody who knows me at all well, um, I'm not sure if it counts as a specific fandom, but if not, it should, which is, I very much like The Little Mermaid. I, I like Hans <laughs> Anderson's original tragic, you know, turns to, turns to seafoam Little Mermaid. Um, I, I very much adore, uh, 
Disney's Ariel Little Mermaid. I like all the mashups. I like Star Wars Little Mermaid. Um, I'm I'm very enthused about all of them. Uh, sometimes it surprises people um, if they if they have just started to get to know me, and they'll say, "Oh, I would have thought that you know Belle would have been your Disney princess mm-hmm. because books." And I love Belle, and I love that Belle loves books, but in the beginning of the movie, when she goes to the quote-unquote bookshop and returns the books that she's borrowed and then borrows another book, I'm like, that's not a bookstore. That's a library. And I love libraries, <laughs> but it's not a bookstore. It's a library. <laughs> you lost me. You know, everybody, everybody has their own little things that they know about, you know, mm. whatever their area of knowledge is, whether it's a career or whatever. And so I'm like, I just can't get past that moment. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's perfectly fine. I, I can see I can see where it would be relevant. <laughs> Very cool. Um, <laughs> is there anything that you love that you think isn't isn't popular enough, but people should make it popular? They that you know more people need to know about it because it's just that wonderful. Um, I I don't know if it quite meets the criteria, but uh, something that I would think. That I would love to see um, people aware of is the fact that um, Tor.com uh, has free online fiction. Um, it stays up for its short fiction. It stays up for a while. Every so often they collect it, um, or or it goes and becomes a uh, short ebook for you know a, a relatively low price. But it they have amazing stuff if you if you like um reading short fiction um and and it's a fabulous you know um first potato chip type of thing right you know if you're nice. like oh yeah. i've heard people talking about you know uh Cecil Castellucci or um you know, this Brandon Sanderson fellow or whatever. I don't know if I would like their writing. It's a it's a fabulous way to to sort of see um what what they have to offer, even if it's not a book written in their general uh, or a story written in their general universe. Um and so I'm I'm constantly um enthused about that. And you know, um I I use Kobo which uh, has an affiliation with the independent booksellers in the U.S. Um, So I use the Kobo app to read. And I have to say, um, e-reading has helped me rediscover my enthusiasm for short stories. You know, um, when when I was young, I read a lot more short stories. And then I sort of got sucked into largely reading novels and and lengthier things and most of what I was reading that was at shorter length was maybe just magazine articles or or other media articles but uh but having the the Kobo app and the ability to to just you know if I'm if we're waiting at the restaurant I can dip in and I can read a short story or whatever um it's it's really been nice to to come back to that 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 was uh that's been kind of joyful. That's really cool. That's two very good recommendations. And I have to say, this is the third time this week that I've heard about Tor. So I think I need to go over there and look at their website and see what's going on over there because it sounds you know, like they've got a lot of stuff going on. 
They they do. So they they have the part of it that is specifically dedicated to their books. You know, um, Tom Doherty founded Tor Books, and and uh, they're they're just you know one of the um, premier uh, imprints. Uh, publishers for science fiction and fantasy work, but they also um, on the tour.com website have a much broader uh, look at what's going on in popular culture. Um, you know, they're, they're I, I would maybe make the comparison to IO9 to a certain mm-hmm. extent. They, they have some really uh, interesting and thoughtful essays um, they do things like periodically they'll do rereads, which is always fun, you know, uh, go back and reread uh, Charlene Harris's Dead Until Dark, or I forget what they're doing currently, but uh, but they just, um, they're, they're a fabulous geek community resource. Very cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to definitely look into them. Excellent. Well, thank you, Mary Elizabeth, for telling us all about yourself and, and sharing. Um, Absolutely. I, I hope uh, people got a lot of stuff out of that because you have you have a lot of content that you're just that it's so cool that you're you're sharing all of that with us. You're welcome for the info dump. <laughs> we love info dumps here because it, it gives us stuff to look into. I know when I'm listening to podcasts, it, it's a matter of can I remember it all between now and when I get to my stopping point because I listen in the car sure. uh, to write it down so I don't forget any of it. <laughs> uh, but we will have links and stuff to the show notes, so that that'll be good. Excellent. We're going to transition to how we kept it geek this week. It's been about two weeks since I've really done this because my last episode was po- covering Pokey Oasis. So um, last Saturday I went to uh, Fairmont Park in Riverside and uh, they had a Pokemon and cosplay event where people came dressed up as their favorite Pokemon and got to play and battle each other uh, on their you know, 3DSs or any any other uh, game system that they happen to have. There was a couple that were old school in it with the old school uh, Game Boys, so that was kind oh, of fun. Oh, lovely! Complete with the cable. Yeah, there was there was cable hookups, and they encouraged it. They were like, "If you got it, there will be somebody here playing you." So nice. Yeah, so it was a lot of fun, and uh, I am not into cosplay myself. Um, you know, it's not something I do. But I am just impressed by these artists, and that's really what they are. They're artists to take a, a concept, especially like a Pokemon, and which isn't human-shaped most of the time, right. and create a costume based on that. It, just, just phenomenal. Just, just yes. phenomenal. And then um, two Thursdays ago, I was on a podcast called I Remembered It Better which uh, I've talked about previously on the podcast, but uh, it's basically an 80s and 90s geek nostalgia podcast. <laughs> and so uh, I was invited to come on to that for uh, an evening. And one of the co-hosts was sick, so I, I missed getting hang- to hang out with Ryan Allgood, but uh, finally got to meet and talk to uh, Cliff. And uh, and that was, that was a, a dream come true, because it's got to be one of my top five favorite uh, podcasts. So that was fun. But the big, the big exciting news for me this week is I got tickets to BlizzCon. Oh, uh, yeah. At so I don't know if you're Blizzard, familiar with Blizzard. Blizzard Entertainment. Yeah, they do uh, World of Warcraft and Hearthstone. 
I mentioned the part where this is not my good area, right? But yes. Right, yes, right. <laughs> but um, the tickets are pretty hard to come by, and yeah. I did it on a whim on Wednesday. I was like, oh, I'll just I'll I'll see if I can get one, but I probably won't. And then all of a sudden, I was you know in the purchasing window. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, yeah. oh my god, I just got BlizzCon tickets. Uh, so I'm not going to be there in any sort of official capacity, but I will be uh, I will be there, um, and hopefully we'll we'll grab some people and and do some interviews as as the weekend goes on because I know they're very open to that. So uh, they're, they're, Blizzard is very supportive of their podcast community. So it's neat like that they are. Yeah, yeah, it's cool that they encourage that and they like to farm out information when they, when they do launches and releases. They'll they'll do interviews with all ranges of podcasts as long as they cover Blizzard as their their main topic. So we probably will never get that type of, of uh interview because we are a, a very general geek podcast, but uh but it's still cool that they are open to doing that with their fans and their, their fan podcasts. So Absolutely. I I think that uh that outreach of that nature is is always a good idea and and I know, you know, some uh some corporations and companies have sort of tighter tighter guidelines than others, but I think you know recognizing that you have different venues and different opportunities is a good idea, yeah, definitely. How about you? What did you do this week that was kind of geeky? Um, I've been having a couple of conversations. Uh, with friends and uh, family about um, a couple of the uh, uh, existing franchises that uh, are are either having notable occasions or reboots. So um, my my first fandom probably was the original Star Trek um, mm-hmm. when when I was a young child. Uh, I, I watched the original show with my dad, uh, who, who loved it. Um, you know, my, my first, you know, inappropriate celebrity crush was probably on bone. And, uh, so, so I'm, I'm, uh, I'm watching the, the various elements of the 50th celebration, um, with interest, uh, the, um, the, local pub- comics publisher IDW publishing uh has the comics franchise uh license right now for Star Trek and they have a local gallery and um they're going to be doing a collection of art for the 50th anniversary which I'm looking forward to and I'm sort of keeping an eye on Star Trek Beyond and and trying to get a sense of how enthused to be about the movie, um, there's there's not a ton of information out there yet, and so um, I I am uh, cautiously enthused about the idea of doing the the storyline that I've heard about, but uh, but also a little uncertain, partly just because um, you know w- whether it's fair or not. Sometimes the amount of uh, discussion in the community about something can be a way of sort of taking the temperature of the success of the project. And I haven't haven't heard as much about it as I thought maybe I would. But, you know, um, 
Star Trek is probably the, the first thing where I um, embraced uh, multi-forms of a fandom, right? Like there was the original mm-hmm. TV show, and then there was the admittedly fairly dreadful uh, Saturday morning cartoon. And um, <laughs> there, there were some, you know, in in it was the first, establish franchise for media tie-in novels that really sort of took hold and went on. And there's been some splendid, splendid novels, um, you know, Greg Bear, Barbara Hambly, Fonda McIntyre all wrote novels that still kind of have resonance with me, you know, some 25, 30, I don't know. Let's not do the math years later. <laughs> um, so, so, uh, so there's there's been all of that uh, to sort of keep an eye on. And then I'm also very enthused about the Xena Warrior Princess reboot. Um, uh, I, I feel like it's in very good hands with, um, uh, I might forget his last name, Javier, who who did um, The Middleman. Uh, mm-hmm. oh, I'm going to lose his last name, sorry. But uh, but yeah, so I, I am excited to see, you know, the return of Zena and Gabrielle. So, so that's sort of been my, you know, things to be excited about this week. Yeah, that's really cool. Those, those are both things that I'm kind of interested in seeing come back. We're probably, my, my husband and I are talking very strongly about cutting the cord and, uh, and going to mostly streaming and, and not having cable anymore. Mm-hmm. And if we do that, we probably will get the, um, the streaming channel that allows us to get the Star Trek show, but, you know, it really will depend. I mean, I, I'm not going to pay for another one and cable. <laughs> That's my biggest yeah. reservation is, you know, I don't want to, you know, we already have Netflix and Hulu and the Amazon Prime and, you know, all these different things. And so it's like, you know, at some point we need to say, all right, are we are we going to keep the cable or are we going to just figure out what shows we want and buy them outright? Yeah. Yeah, well, we uh, we primarily do our viewing through Apple TV at present. You know, uh, we uh, we we actually don't watch as much TV as as I sometimes sometimes I feel like I should be watching more. I mentioned the part where I'm very behind on magicians and stuff, but right. uh, but you know sometimes it's just there's there's a finite number of hours in the day and and. Uh, and a finite amount of, of storytelling my brain can take in. And I really just <laughs> want to watch, you know, Alton Brown uh, and uh, Food Network shows. <laughs> and sometimes that's just like, I mean, there's there's a certain set of shows that my husband and I reserve for um, like when we're eating lunch or dinner, you know, just so that we're, we're not having to focus on anything too hardcore and it tends to be either food network or you know hgtv or something yep. like, oh that's a nice house <laughs> and be, yep. be done with it yeah i i i tend to think of hgtv stuff as being kind of like porn right like mm-hmm. like you watch it and you go oh that's interesting we could try that <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome well, cool. It sounds like we both had geeky weeks this week. Um, we're going to move on to some news. Uh, they are going to be creating a Scooby-Doo live-action film, which is going to be in a joint Hanna-Barbera universe. Are you a Scooby-Doo fan at all? I, I 
find Scooby-Doo entertaining, but problematic because um, once again to that, you know, areas of knowledge thing, um, while they've done a little more with some of the more recent uh, uh, incarnations, um, mm-hmm. It, traditionally, it, it has neither been particularly good mystery or particularly good paranormal, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and it's weird sometimes to to have people who are like, oh yes, I I remember watching mysteries as a kid. I watched Scooby Doo. Well, they they weren't really very good detectives. <laughs> no. <laughs> so so I you know I. I don't dislike them, but I I am not passionate about them. And I and I understand that. I think my my love is very much a nostalgic thing, and uh, I think that uh, they have been doing a lot lately with trying to update them for, um, you know, for 2016. Let they're yeah. trying to kind of realize that you know when it was first created, it was you know, different time and different things are being focused on. And so now they're, they're trying to find different places to take it. And, uh, they're, they're, I think adding more paranormal and stronger mystery and really giving the characters more defined roles. So I, I think I, I love watching that evolution more than anything else. I agree. Have you seen the, uh, the covers for the Scooby-Doo apocalypse where they've kind of really updated the characters and Shaggy's kind of more of a hipster than uh I don't think I have, but no, I'm not sure if I have, and I'm just confusing it in my head with Afterlife with Archie, which talk about going back and revisiting an established, you know, universe. Um, I'm a huge fan of both the Afterlife with Archie and the um, Sabrina books. Um, so that's been fun. But uh, but there's been way too long a pause with the afterlife with Archie. They need to get new issues in the store. Dagnabbit. <laughs> yeah, that Archie is one of those uh, franchises that's just kind of like let's combine him with everything. Let's just find something else to put him in. You know, and uh, and, and sometimes they've done that to their detriment. Cough cough. Archie versus Punisher. Cough cough. Yes. Archie meets <laughs> cough cough. But but really the the writing and the art and the storytelling on Afterlife with Archie has just been splendid. It's um, you know it's it's had some some real resonance and and I've been very enthusiastic about it. So. Very cool. Yeah, lots of fun stuff. It's fun to go back and think about the stuff that we've grown up with and and how it it's been changing over the years. Yeah. And speaking of things that. Uh, people have grown up with. Did you ever watch Saved by the Bell? I actually did not. I had no television during that period. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's for for a lot of us, it's just kind of that guilty pleasure that we would would get up and watch on on Saturday mornings. And apparently, there is a Saved by the Bell-themed pop-up restaurant going up. And uh, it's going to be modeled after the... the restaurant and the show, The Max. So that is kind of fun. That sounds amazing if that's your fandom, right? Like you can have yeah, exactly. that, you know, Screech, 
that the name of a character? Yeah, yes, that is the name there of a go. character. <laughs> One of the least least enjoyed characters, unfortunately. Did um, I mention no TV at that time? But uh, yeah, no, yeah, I completely so you understand. Have that whole, you know, I can go. It, it'd be like so. I think for me, my parallel would be if I could go hang out at the Bronze. Oh yes, absolutely, the Bronze. Oh my God, um, I've we meet with friends every uh like once a month or so and because my husband has not watched uh Buffy and uh and so So you're the, easing him in? We're we're easing him in. I, he 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 likes hanging out with friends, so that is his um reason for participating because he is not <laughs> a, a huge fan of of geeky things like that. But um, the the three of us that do enjoy it are just like, oh, my. we were watching it maybe uh, two or three weeks ago. And it's one of those things that's just at that time where you're like, oh, my God, they're using a payphone. Oh, right. my God, look at that computer. Like it's just outdated enough that <laughs> you you realize how how far technology and life has come. Exactly. You know, could you save the world by losing the, you know, uh, five inch disc again? Hmm. Yeah. So, uh, so that's kind of fun. So, oh, yeah, absolutely would love to hang out at the bronze. That would be amazing. So that is going up. I cannot find where it is, though. It is Chicago. It's in Chicago. Ah. So if you're in the Chicago area, go find this place. They're, they're taking over uh, what used to be Geek Bar on North Avenue. And I believe they will be there uh, from June. So so go check it out. It should be a lot of fun. And then the last little bit of news that we have, which for my friends and I is very just disappointing and sad. But Shelley Bond, who has been um, the primary um, editor for Vertigo Comics, has been let go. Yes. Uh, Yes, DC Entertainment is restructuring, and they did not uh, see her in their future plans, which for us is just tragic. I mean, one of my favorite things about San Diego Comic-Con is to watch her at the Vertigo panel. She's just so fun and so on top of her game. And so this this was just terrible (laughs) for me and my friends. We were texting about it for like an hour and a half. We're like, oh my God, why? So do you have, uh, are you, are you familiar with uh, Shelley Bond's work? I am familiar with her work and, and with the Vertigo line in general. Um, the, the last couple of years, I've actually been reading less from uh, DC, Marvel, Dark Horse, than, than I have just from random um, other imprints, but uh, but but I thought that Shelley did a great job of both, um, you know, maintaining some of the sensibility of Vertigo that was established under Karen Berger, and also bringing her own, um, you know, uh, editorial touches to to work with creators and do some really interesting stuff in the line. And I'm definitely Sorry to see her not being part of DC's, uh, you know, overall approach to what they're bringing. Um, I think, and this isn't gender related per se. I think it's just personally related that um, that that her view uh, helped bring. 
some diversity um, to their their overall scope, and uh, that the DC universe will will be um, perhaps a, a little more homogenous and and a little uh, less interesting for it. Yeah, I would definitely agree. I think I think it was a big loss for them, and I know that a lot of people are like screaming at Image to to grab her up. Mm-hmm. Because uh, because her she she is a visionary she she really does you know know how to find unique talent and unique points of view and and yes. give them a voice so so keep an eye on her because hopefully she's going to be getting into some really cool things in the future that we can follow her on because she's just an amazing woman agreed and and that's it for the news the only other thing that I want to talk about before we we settle back on Mysterious Galaxy is uh, I am doing a special Mother's Day episode of the show. Uh, Karine Abkarian, uh, who writes for uh, Screen Invasion, she does the Real Geek Girls and Real Geek Moms columns mm-hmm. there, uh, is going to be on our show. And our our hope is that we can read uh, letters from people about their wives, their moms, their friends who are geeky moms, because I think a lot of the time dads get all the the geek cred in the relationship, and uh, <laughs> I think it it would be nice to highlight, you know, our mom's impact on our geekiness. So for anybody out there who who knows a geek mom in their life. Go ahead and say, it doesn't have to be a long letter. It doesn't have to, you can even send us a tweet. But uh, if you want to send us a letter, uh, entries will be due on April 30th, which is coming up. It's only six days away. And uh, and yeah, just give us a, give us a little story or, or a little tidbit about how your, your mom has contributed to the geek that you are today. Uh, you can send those to joehogan at geektitude.com. And, and we want to hear your stories. So that is coming up. All right. And the meat and potatoes of today is Mysterious Galaxy. Let's talk about some of the guests you have and, and um, what what is going on that day and what we can look forward to. Sure. So as uh, alluded to earlier, uh, Mysterious Galaxy will be celebrating our opening day slash birthday on Saturday, May 7th. And what we uh, will be doing is our fairly uh, established format now for the day, which is hosting um, authors in uh, spotlight groups throughout the day. Um, I think we actually have a completely full uh, schedule this year from uh, opening at 10 through the end of the day um, where we have some spotlights on uh, some mystery and suspense authors, um, some young adult authors, and some science fiction and fantasy authors, including a uh, specific science and fiction and fantasy breakout for Dragon Books. Um, uh, but uh, we have... Um, Cam Beatty and Benny Zelkowicz attending for their uh, middle grade fantasy, um, our, our young adult spotlight, four of the five participating authors have books in the science fiction fantasy genre ranging from time travel to um, 
a a science fiction slash paranormal tale of uh, contact from beyond death to mermaids to uh, uh, you know nice dystopian tales of post apocalypse. Um, we have Marie Brennan and Todd Lockwood uh, discussing their dragons. And uh, and then at the end of the day, we have uh, San Diego's own Jonathan Mayberry talking about his most recent Joe Ledger novel. Uh, we have Jeannie Koch, who has been, gosh, part of the Mysterious Galaxy birthday tradition for, I'm going to say, probably six years. Um, I'd have to go back and, and calculate, but uh, she'll be there with her newest kitty cat, Martini, alien book, Camp Alien, um, and we also have uh, Sharon Skinner for The Matriarch's Device, and then a local author, Marie Andreas, for her new Lost Ancients book, and uh, and somewhere in all of there, we will also fit in cake and uh in addition to all of our, you know, formal spotlight authors, uh, inevitably, um, because we are very fortunate to have support from our authors in our community, um, because they're readers as well, we're, we're sure to have uh, what we call stealth authors or bonus authors in the audience. Um, you know, uh, Cindy Pond and Greg Van Eekout, are are both local authors who are tremendously supportive um, and good about uh, coming out to our author events. Um, Stephanie Diaz, um, probably many others who I'm going to immediately feel guilty about not thinking to mention when we finish the call. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's okay because if anybody wants to go to mistgalaxy.com mm-hmm. is the website. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah mistgalaxy.com. And uh, under the uh, Mysterious Galaxy birthday event, birthday bash, um, you've got like 21 authors coming that day. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a busy day. And we're going to be excited to be able to uh, hook some of the authors up with you and and get some deeptitude love. Yeah, yeah. So I will be um, podcasting from from the event. So that'll be fun. And uh, the way it works is you have like hour blocks for each of your authors or for each group of authors, I should say? Yes. We start off with with a brief, you know, sort of panel introduction. Um, Usually for something like this, uh, it's just introduction and Q&A. Just because of of time limitations, we don't usually have enough time for any sort of structured presentation. Um, And then the authors will, will... uh, shift to signing books for readers, and uh, and uh, we we sort of have a whole little you know uh, assembly line process, I guess, where they they speak and then they sign, and then you know a lot of times they'll just uh, uh, spend time uh, doing more of a casual meet and greet um, and informal interacting with readers after their designated spotlight. That's very cool, and it's it's cool that you've got so many connections to these people, and that they're uh, they're they're going to be coming out and hanging out with you guys all day. So I, I really encourage anybody who is in the San Diego area on uh, on May seventh. It's it's the the day before Mother's Day, so 
you know, go to the Mysterious Galaxy bookstore, you know, see your favorite authors and uh, meet some new ones because that's always kind of the fun of these panels is you go to see one author and you learn about another one that's in a similar similar genre. And uh, it's just kind of a fun way to get to know about more stuff that you love. And if you've left shopping for that geek mom to the last minute, it's a great opportunity. It's very true. Great gift. That's very, very true. That's very true. So, yeah, definitely should be a very fun event. Um, anything else going on that we should know about on that day? Um, I think that largely covers it. One thing that I didn't mention, which is actually coming up this coming Saturday um, uh, prior to the birthday bash, which is um, in addition to Mysterious Galaxy taking part in Y'all West, in store on Saturday, we will be part of the National Independent Bookstore Day celebration. Um, oh, cool. Which has started a couple of years ago, um, initially as California Bookstore Day, but has grown to a national event, which is um, basically similar in structure to Record Store Day, which just happened recently, where um, it's once again uh, just an opportunity to um, embrace some of the uh, unique aspects of brick-and-mortar stores. Um, So stores will have a variety of uh, specialty items that can only be purchased in-store and only on that day. Um, They maybe can be purchased after if there are any uh, available, but often there aren't. And uh, and this year's... uh, uh, special items include um, a uh, coloring book by uh, Neil Gaiman in partnership with an artist, um, a fabulous 75th anniversary Curious George stuffy, um, and uh, a variety of other nifty things. Um, there's also going to be an exclusive uh, uh, booklet that goes with Brandon Sanderson's works that will be available in stores. So, you know, uh, take a look at uh, at your local independent bookstore and see what they've got going on on that day. That's very cool. That's, it's, you've got so much stuff going on. Um, we I'm are busy bookstores. Yeah, I'm going to have to spend some time on it because you, your calendar is full. I'm looking at the calendar on your website. I'm like, oh, my God, there's so many fun events. Well, thank you. So very cool. Yeah. Definitely. Well, thank you for joining us today. I really appreciate uh, the opportunity to finally talk to you. We've been kind of in the the planning stages of this uh, podcast for several months at this point. Yes. And um, do you have any any shout outs? Anybody you'd like to uh, to say hello to, or just tell them you're thinking about them over the podcast? Uh, you know, because we just mentioned the bronze, I'd, I'd like to uh, send a shout out to my dear friends, uh, Christopher Golden and Nancy Holder, who uh, were responsible for the very first tie-in book for Buffy the Vampire Slayer and uh, whom I've had the pleasure of uh, knowing and working with in different ways. Uh, throughout the years, so so we'll go a little old school for that. Very cool, and that's about it for this week. Uh, next week we'll be talking to uh, T. Morris and Pip Ballantyne. They're authors that do 
uh, a lot of steampunk fiction, and I am not very familiar with steampunk, but want to be. So they are going to be nice enough to come on the show and tell me what I need to know and where to get started and uh, how I can kind of learn more about that genre. So that is who we are talking to next week. I'm going to say that Cherie Priest is going to be mentioned. Just just guessing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, the over this summer, my goal is to do a lot more, um, to, to find a lot of the little areas where my geekitude is low and kind of dig into there and find people to kind of direct me towards um, things that I don't know about because I, I do feel like I have gaps. So I'm going to in may start watching uh, a couple of anime series that a friend has been recommending to me and i want to start steampunk this summer so i i am planning on having a very geek filled summer so i can catch up on some of this stuff just recently started doing uh doctor who on everybody's urgings so always important to expand the geekitude indeed all the music in this episode is by Ben Sound and is being used under a Creative Commons license. You can find more music by Ben Sound at bensound.com. You can currently find us at geektitude.com as well as iTunes and Stitcher and now Google Play. Please leave us a review and spread the word. If you'd like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at geektitude.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at geektitude or me personally at epicgrays. Uh, Mary Elizabeth, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me primarily at uh, Mysterious Galaxy's website, mistgalaxy.com. I am also on Twitter at uh, M-E-H underscore not underscore meth. We will put it all up on the show notes. You guys can check her out there as well as Mysterious Galaxy. And thank you so much, Mary Elizabeth, for joining us today. I'm looking forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks. Absolutely. Thank you, Joe, and have fun exploring your geek <laughs> Thank you very much. For all of you listening out there, remember this week, keep it geek. 